This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. Okay, welcome to the program. Let me just, let me start with those who listened to us a while back. Do you remember before we went to Israel, um, I went on a journey uh, to, uh, to really teach my kids about the righteous among the nations. And the righteous among the nations were the people who saved Jews during the Holocaust. And I went over to Poland, we went over to Auschwitz, um, which is always a family vacation that the kids just love. Um, and we went to Auschwitz, and then we met with this woman named Paulina. Does anybody remember this? Yeah. Oh and does anybody, can you remember, this made such an impression on me. She's one of the few people that said a phrase that I can remember exactly what she said, word for word. Um, anybody remember what she told me about the righteous? Mm, I, I asked her, I said, how everybody has the tree of righteousness in them. How do I water that? What do we do? The, 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 the world is about to go crazy again. How did you do it? What do, what do I do to, to water that? Wasn't it something like when the world is going off a cliff, you just have to decide not to go with yes. it? Yes. She said, remember, the righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with everybody else. That is such a profound statement and so easy when you think about it. You don't have to be. I was talking to somebody the, um, the, over the weekend, and I said, you know, there are a few figures out there right now that is the, the, Winston Churchill. They're Winston Churchill. They're Gandhi. They're Martin Luther King. The figures are there. They just don't know it yet. And uh, I said, all of us who are standing we need to understand that you may not want to be Dietrich Bonhoeffer and you may not think you're Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but that may be the role you're occupying right now, that you're standing and you're going to be mighty unpopular for a very long time. Um, but your job is to not go over the cliff with everybody else. And that's what's happened. The line keeps moving until you're all of a sudden you know, you're like Wile E. Coyote, where you're all of a sudden walked off the cliff and you just don't know it until you start to fall. When I went over, I met Paulina, and she changed my family's life. My older kids, they, they remember it. My daughter, uh, Mary, uh, I gave her for a Christmas present that phrase on a giant portrait of Paulina. And she still cries every time she sees it. I mean, it's just a profound, she's one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. She's like 90. And she was a kid. And what she did was decided just to feed people. That was the first thing she did. She was, she was like 16 years old. And um, you couldn't feed Jews more than 800 calories a day. That's all they could have. Keep them starving. Keep them weak so they couldn't rebel. And some kids came up to her, a kid came up to her in the street, a friend, and said, please, Paulina, I am starving. Do you have anything to eat? She said, meet me here tomorrow and I'll bring you some food. She told her family, this was a death sentence for the family, 
the mother got up, went right to the stove, and started making a big, huge pot of stew and said she's going to have others with her who are hungry. And they made the choice to do the right thing and just feed people, even though that was a death sentence. They ended up hiding people underneath a barn. And when I came back from Poland, we did research, and we found one guy, his name was Carl, and we found one guy who actually had lived in that barn as a kid. And the stories he told, he told, about, he told a story about one woman who was in this barn, and it, you, literally, you, like 36 inches high, you're under the floorboards of this barn. And there was a newborn baby, and the baby had colic and couldn't be silenced. And the mother had to kill the baby because the Gestapo was everywhere. And imagine this. And he lived under the barn for like, I can't remember, like two years. Well, I asked him, I said, have you ever met Paulina? He said, no. I said, oh, you've got to meet her. Because he remembers her as a child. She saved his life. And I said, you have to. And he said, I've written several letters to her and she corresponds. And I've sent her money to keep her going because, you know, she's old and in retirement. Um, but he didn't want to go. Well, his granddaughter decided she wanted to go. And he, she asked him. His granddaughter is on the phone with me now, Rachel uh, Kastner. Rachel, Rachel, Hi. are you there? Hi, Glenn. Yeah, thank you Hi. for having me. Tell me how you asked your grandfather to go back and why you did it. Well, I was in my senior year of high school um, two years ago, and we went on a heritage trip to Poland, um, just a regular class trip that they do every year. And by coincidence, we met with Paulina. And this was, this was the craziest experience of my life, meeting the person who is very directly responsible for my being on the phone with you right now. Um, and when I came home, I couldn't stop thinking about her. Um, and I ended up going over to my grandfather's house and just saying, Grandpa, this is extremely important. I want to get this story down before before this, before this it's gone, before the stories are gone, and they need to be told. Um, and at first, he was really hesitant. My grandfather had 70 years to go back if he wanted to, and I knew that when I asked him. Did you, but, remember, did you remember the interview he did with me? Did you ever see that? I did see that. And, and so do you know how staunchly opposed, he was not going back. I mean, he yeah. had no he intention of going back. He didn't want to bring up the back. hate. He didn't want right. to bring up the hate that he felt. And he, one line really stuck with me. He said that he didn't want to go back and look at the people in the street and think, wow, their parents helped to kill us. He didn't want to bring up all that hate. So, uh, so he went back and you saw Paulina. Now, when I saw her, um, she's, she's, how many people did she save? There were 18 people under the bunker, but who knows? Maybe that boy that she gave food to, maybe that saved his life. We don't even know. So she, she's, um, she is one of the righteous among the nations, and um, uh, she wouldn't allow us. She's so humble. She would not allow us to take only one photo of her, and she isn't even facing the camera, and she would not let us interview her on camera. We could only audio record. She just didn't want any of the attention. Did you get her on camera? Yes, we were actually able to convince her um, to come on camera and be filmed reuniting with my grandfather. But it was definitely a struggle to get her to agree to that. But I yeah. think that she understands that it's really important that the story be told. 
So you decided to take your trip and make it into a documentary film called The Barn, where you actually found the barn. Um, and it's, it's actually in another country because the, the borders have changed. Um, and I just want to get this in. Um, this has been shot, but now it's in production, and they need money to finish this. And I tell you, this is the most incredible story, and I've seen some footage of it. This is going to be an amazing documentary and perhaps the last documentary made with a real Holocaust survivor going back and meeting the people involved and showing you. I mean, when you see the barn, your, your grandfather, you didn't know where the barn was. You had to go and, and find it, right? Right. We had to go to the Ukraine and find a genealogist who brought us to a, a really small town and we found the barn and opened up the bunker underground. What was that like when your grandfather saw the barn? What was it like for you when you saw the barn? Yeah, when I saw it, I mean, I can't tell you, Glenn, how many nights I've gone to sleep thinking, wow, my grandfather just laid down on the ground for 18 months, for two years on the floor. Um, I can't sit still for more than five minutes. So when we got there, I just, I wanted to see it for myself. And my grandpa said, Rachel, don't come in. You don't need to see this. You don't need to feel what I felt. And, and he, was, he was actually in the barn. You found the floorboards. You pulled the floorboards up. The hatch yeah. was still there. Yeah. And he actually went down into it. Did he not? He did. He went back into the into that hole in the ground. It's unbelievable. And, and he came out, and you wanted to go in, and he tried to stop you. Yeah. He was really, really hesitant. I did manage to go into the bunker, but he was... He was asking me to come out. He said, you don't need to see this. You don't need to feel what we felt. Go enjoy life. So how much money do you have to have to raise before you can get this out for people to see? Right now, we just released our Indiegogo for 136000 which is going to cover post-production, sound, distribution, marketing. So we have, we have come a long way, but we have a long way to go. I can't wait to see this, and I, and I hope it, it will come out in theaters and people will go to see it, because um, I know some of the people who are producing it, and they have produced remarkably uplifting things. And, you know, we've talked before, this may be the last of the Holocaust survivors that do this. Yeah, Doc, it's really incredibly important. And another reason why it's so important is because Paulina herself never had any children. So when she passes away... That, I mean, that's the end of her story. And this is a remarkable story about someone who saw that the world was going crazy and stood up for what was right. And it's not and only inspiring, but, I mean, it has to be told. And she's a Christian who did this just because she was taught love and you know, the difference between yes, right and, and wrong. Yes, and because her parents were also wonderful and generous people. Right. It, and, then, and then she, because she fell behind the Iron Curtain... She was not allowed to talk about saving Jews for a long time, right? Absolutely not. It, she wasn't, her and her parents weren't inducted into, into Yad Vashem's Righteous Gentile Museum for years. Um, even when my grandfather would correspond with her or his parents would correspond with her, they didn't even put the names on the letters because, because everything was being censored. Imagine this. You saved the lives of people in World War II. And until what year? The 80s? 90s? Probably the 80s or the 90s. 
She wasn't allowed to even get mail about it because they were reading the mail from the people that she saved. So they had to write in code and she couldn't say anything. So she's she she's never talked about it. She's never been allowed to talk about it. It's it's a remarkable story of your grandfather, you and I think well, I know the most remarkable woman I have ever met. It's like it's like meeting Corey Ten Boom. Just a remarkable woman. Okay, so how do people go to, to help? So you can go online to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the barn documentary. And you can find us on Indiegogo by typing in the barn documentary as well. Okay, so facebook.com slash the barn documentary or indiegogo.com. Search for the barn documentary. Yes. Rachel, um, it was good to see your, your grandfather. He's uh, on the TV show tonight. The two of you are on the TV show tonight. You'll see clips of this movie, and you'll hear this amazing story from a man who I thought would never do it, never tell this story, and certainly never go back there. Um, Tonight at 5 o'clock, only on The Blaze. Rachel, thank you so much. Glenn, thank you so much for having me. You bet. God bless. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash Glenn, casper.com slash Glenn.